Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening. We are the Lost and Found Ministry Podcast, and we are live recording in Simple Studios. I'm Clint Marker. I'm Dave Garza. That gets me every time. I I'm Dave Schneider. <laughs> and tonight, we're going to continue to be blessed with more of Dave Garza's story, his testimony. Blessed is a big word for yes. that. So, uh, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. We're, we're going to try and finish it up tonight. Yes. However, I don't think that's going to happen. Good but luck. he seems to think it will. So, uh, yeah, we took a week off because Dave was tired of doing his testimony for whatever reason. But he came really, really close to dying with the women that were in here because he almost said some things that'll get him yeah. shot. I was praying yes. for you, brother. Yeah. Dude, it was dangerous, and both of you threw me under the bus. I looked in the close. window, and you both went outside and left me alone That's in the right. wilderness. <laughs> I... <laughs> You're right. It was close. It was close, but he made it out. So I said, man, we should have done the testimony then because he got a really close look at That's uh, right. your life. I have something for... new to add to it. That's right. See? I, I stepped See? into the dungeon good. and... And yeah, came yeah. out all right. You all were right. so, so tired after that episode. You're like, I can't do the testimony. I, I just I can't. can't. We do need it. to do something different. That's right. Yes, you were fighting out. so hard. Yes, yes, yes. So anyway, so I believe that we had heard that Dave Garza was getting into all kinds of crazy trouble. He yep. was doing drugs at this point, and uh, he got the one way ticket to uh, Kemper Military Academy. Yep. Like, oh, by the way, you're going to Military Academy when, yes. he, w when he showed up, and it was that yep. was a big deal. And that mm -hmm. was a year-long training. Yes. Uh, he was going to school while he was there. Yep. And then he came back and decided to get into more trouble, and he ended yes. up going to the judge, and the judge sent him to juvenile detention. Yes. And so, like, he could have been tried as an adult because of the stuff that he was doing was kind of dumb. Yep. Kind, kind of. of. Yeah, that's that's trying. To, I'm trying to be very generous. It was really dumb. Great. So, yes. Anyway, so that's kind of where we left off. So, Dave, pick it up from there, man. What happened next? All right. So, yeah. So where where we were at was, uh, uh, I so I went to Eldora. I got my education. I got some. Uh, I got some trade school training and got out of there. And this was about, oh, I'd say like seven months before my 18th birthday I got out okay so like how long were you in there uh I was only in there for I think nine and a half months something like that only nine and a half months. nine and a half months that sounds horrible no it was terrible but uh it could have been much longer but I got in there and you know after a few weeks of uh fighting authority because you know I was 16 and I had all the answers mm -hmm. um right. yeah and uh, after I uh, spent a few times in there, what they called the stew, and no, it wasn't a tasty meal. Uh, the, the, <laughs> what? The, so, so the stew, man, we got we to uh, get into it, this It was one. called STU, and they called mm. it the stew, and it was literally the equivalent of being in the hole in prison. And it was no joke, dude. It was you sat in a concrete room mm. on a steel bed with no mattress, no pillow, no blanket. You got enough toilet paper that wrapped around your hand once Ooh. and you got a book and wow nice and you didn't get to pick the book luckily i got lucky man i remember the book was Lu uh, one of louis lamore's books mm. and if I, I used to love his books they're all west old westerns and they were cool but anyway that was about the highlight all right so you're in the hole so essentially yeah, i went did you ever get times. called a stand Do you know what a stand is no what was that? that somebody that says 
shoot, that ain't nothing to everything you say. Oh, you know, yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to one-up this guy, uh-huh. you know, one-upper. Those guys are called stands. Yeah. Shoot, that ain't nothing. Uh-huh. You know? Uh-huh. No, that was the comment that came out of my mouth in front of the judge. Because initially, right. he was like, I'm going to give you six months in juvenile detention. I said, I'll do that standing on my head. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. He said, well, here's another three months to get you back on your feet. And so, and I'm not, making, like that, I'm not making that up. You can wow. message my mother. She'll tell you how ignorant I was. <laughs> uh, that was good. That was yes, good. Yes. Uh, that tells us a lot. Yes. Uh, okay. So in the hole, you got out after... Yeah. Uh, nine months because you were ignorant. Yes, yes. Mm. And I got out of there, and when I got out, uh, went home with my dad, and he had picked me up, and things started off on a on a pretty good note, man. I, I went and got a job and started working and, you know, just was really focused on making money. I, I, I didn't want to be at home, so, and the only way to do that was to get a job and make money and pay for my own things, you know. I was raised very much that, listen, when you turn 18, you're either going to go to college or you're going to get a full-time job and you're going to pay bills. And right. there was no free ride, you know, right. and yep. ever, and which is a good thing, you know, taught me to work. Well, and, the last thing you need is a free ride at this point. Oh, right, right. Well, yeah, my dad for sure didn't get one. He wasn't handing them out. So, right. Um, but he was happy to help me pack. Uh, <laughs> no, Fair he enough. was supportive, uh, taught me a lot of skills, a lot of working skills, you know, mechanical skills, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was able to go into the workforce and, and, you know, just start making money. And so, to so sum what up, was his first job? Was that like McDonald's? Actually, my like- first job, believe it or not, was before I was even 18. I got a job at John Deere. Wow. Wow. And, uh, started working out there as a welder. Okay. And uh, really enjoyed it. It was going good. Uh, about six months into it, I was way too wrapped up. Okay, listen. So if you've got a guy who's just about 18 and he's making a little over $1,000 a week. Um, hmm. That's and, a lot of money and, for... And living on his own. Yeah. And thought he was, you know, God's greatest gift to women and <laughs> everything else. Yeah, I and you fell short on that one, didn't you? Very, very, a little bit. I was humbled. Yeah, (laughs) no, I, I, and you know, just joking about it, but it really was. It it turned into, you know, so if you're a farmer (laughs) and you had the head of your uh, combine fall off, you know who to call. Yes. Uh, the Lost and Found Ministry podcast. Actually, I, I, what I welded on were the plates to the tiller to the big combine tillers for the the, the round blades mm-hmm. yeah. that went on the like pole Like the discs or yes. whatever? Yep. Okay. Yep. I so if your up. discs fell off. Yes. I could weld those. I could weld <laughs> could, those for you. Or uh, I, I'm sure there was a learning curve. Uh, yeah, yeah. It took a lot of learning. I mean, I could run a bead, but, yeah. man, it was learning on thicker steel, yep. different, you know, a uh, different process, you know. Mm-hmm. I learned MIG, TIG, and... Uh, uh, acetylene and yeah. and using filler rod, you know, yeah, but yeah. they right away they used a, a high grade uh, electrode stick yep. for those. And I mean, we were welding, you know. Okay, all that was Greek to me, like but anyway, quarter cool. inch thick steel yeah. and higher, 
You yeah, know? see, I actually know what you're talking about. Yeah, Clint I knows. That's years, right. So, Clint yeah. knows what I'm saying. And yeah, I don't know. I'm now I saw all that stuff. Well, and I got bored, honestly, is a lot of it. Number one, I was making a ton of money okay. that I shouldn't have been making at that age because I had zero responsibility inside of me. So, you know, I got paid every Friday night from Friday to Sunday. It was a drinkathon. Mm. You know, I was buying alcohol for everybody, anybody, myself, you know, just blowing my money on stupid stuff. Um, I had a really cool car. At, at 18 years old, you were doing all this stuff, huh? Yes. <laughs> I just got to know enough. someone who's 21 and willing, I huh? guess. Uh, yeah, oh, man. No, uh, I lived in a certain part of town where they had a drive through liquor store. And huh. they didn't ID you. So from nice. about the age of 16 <laughs> is when I started buying my own alcohol. Well, wow. I think we had that conversation about, you know, Slits malt liquor. That's what you were drinking. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could get. Some old MD 2020, man. <laughs> Mad <laughs> dog. <laughs> um, um, makes me sick Never thinking about schnapps. it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh-huh. So anyway. And uh, just living like an idiot. I mean, and mm. I was good at it, too. So... Your dad is seeing all this stuff, but he doesn't really say a lot because no, you're working see, or I, what? No, once I got the job at John Deere, I actually moved in with my girlfriend who mm. lived in Des Moines. Okay. And, okay. Uh, uh, you know, she was just young as me and just there for the ride, man, whatever. You know, I had a Boy cool car. making good money. That's right. I had a cool car, man. I had a uh, 87 XR7 Cougar that a buddy of my dad's had put a 5.0 mm motor in it and right on oh yeah i had american racing wheels and she was all black with chroma oh yeah it was bad um it was fast i didn't need that money i didn't need that car (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so i mean there's many stories i could tell but that would just be uh, glorifying some very correct ignorant so you get your first job it's at john deere what stopped that uh, honestly, I got really bored with it because it was kind of an assembly line type welding position. Yeah. Dude, I welded the same three lines that were three inches long every day, all day, and it was 120 degrees all the time. Yeah. Right. And I just, it sucked, dude. I didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. I'm like, nope, this is dumb. I'm I'm done with this. And, did you know, I didn't have enough discipline in me to sit there and do that and you know if i'd have been smart i actually they were a uh uh you know i'd be looking at coming up on 20 years with the company now you know i'd be making some real great money so you know just one of my emphasized ignorant choices i made in life but so i just got bored with it i quit the job uh and just went to working construction you know doing all types of stuff uh framing uh, helping with concrete crews, stuff like that. Started, you know, con- I always enjoyed construction. I love to build things. And that's just where I found my niche. You okay. know, that's where I fit in. That's that's where I thrive. So you became a carpenter. Yeah, pretty much. And, and just, you know, at this point, you know, by the time I had quit that job, I actually had met uh, a young lady who ended up being my first wife. Uh, we got married and started having kids. I had my first son right after, about a month after my 21st birthday. Okay. And uh, so just living life. Um, we started right about then is when I started uh, backing off from the party life quite so much. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, had a cousin invite me to a church um, and started attending this church. 
and started, you know, I was like, man, you know, I was raised in church. I've got a son now. I need to start doing things. I need to start being somewhat responsible. Right, right. Because like, it's not what, me yeah. anymore. That's it's right. Just me. That's right. Yeah. And that was something that was always big with me was I, I, I had no idea how to be a parent. I mean, I couldn't keep myself afloat, let alone raise a kid, you know. So it's like, all right, I got to start making some better choices. Mm -hmm. And so got really involved with this church. Went in as just a, just a know-nothing, didn't have experience, you know, and and started getting involved with doing the media, and we did a lot of camera work and mm -hmm. a lot of lighting. I found a lot of passion in doing, like, stage lighting. Mm. Was uh, that setting it up or just running it? Running it, setting it up, designing mm -hmm. it, a little bit of everything, man. Okay, um, all right. Uh, yeah, and it was fun. It mm -hmm. was like, man, I found something I really dig, and sure. I can grow in this, you know, and then I really dug into God's Word. Like, I really started absorbing it, and, you know, a lot of stuff from my past, uh, I started remembering and mm. applying, and so life was on a decent track, aside from the fact that I, I still struggled letting go of alcohol. Mm. That okay. was, you know, wasn't into drugs and all that, just really struggled in alcohol use. So when you say that you struggled with alcohol use, what was the point that caused you to want to drink? Was it, I just need an escape? Was it um, uh, just, this is something I'm familiar with doing? I, I just want to relax. I want to. You know, honestly, a lot of it was the environment, the people I hung out with. Um, okay. A mm -hmm. lot of my buddies were still buddies from high school, yeah. um, you know, and that was just what everybody was doing at that age, yeah. you know, and that's, that's just what I was around. I was always real big into the biker scene. Um, you know, ran around with a lot to be desired in these folks that I was around, um, okay. you know, at the bars, uh, you know, and as I became more involved with church, it actually became more of a, well, now I can't be going to the bars as much, mm. you know? Yeah. So it turned into, oh man, I work all day, you know, I come home and, I've got a wife and at this point a couple kids, you know, uh, and it was, oh, I'm not doing anything bad because I do it all at home. Right. You know, I get home from work and the drinking would begin, mm -hmm. you know, and it was me and a couple other buddies. We'd either just sit around a fire, hang out in the garage, tinker on a motorcycle or a car, build something, you know, mm -hmm. and, and just hang out and it wasn't just a small thing, though. It was a daily, you know, right. drinking. You did it all the time. Yeah. yeah, I mean, all the time. And it wasn't a little bit, man. I mean, I was getting to the point where on a normal night, you know, I was drinking a 20 case of bottles myself. Wow. And that's just how it was. I mean, we all did. We we drank so much that, and if you struggle with alcohol, Dave, you know this, man. Oh, yeah. Your tolerance goes up and it mm -hmm. takes more and more to get you wasted and right. to get you to that point. And you know, I know for me at a certain point it, it became <clears throat> not fun anymore. So then I just stopped doing it and went to harder things. Right. Mm -hmm. it, right. Right. Then it's, you know, oh, I'll get a bottle of liquor. You know, I got a case of beer and a bottle of liquor. I mean, I was doing drugs too. Right. Right. It, well, <laughs> so, you and, know, because I was like, ah, drinking doesn't really do it anymore right well and you that's know. how what your body gets to and i mean it was just to that point and it you know so i just for quite a few years man just kind of skated through life that way 
right. was going to work, you know, working jobs and and going to church Sundays and Wednesdays, but still just could never could never get rid of the alcohol, mm. you know, and it, it it just it was a lot of the scene I was in, and and I think I was oh let's say about twenty nine thirty when you know I'm like man I really love motorcycles and I I I really had grown in my my knowledge of the Bible and God's word and were you doing any evangelism at this point or oh yeah talking to your buddies yeah I mean absolutely it was it was kind of it was that double life though Right. It was, you know, yeah. when I was with my buddies. I'm not was, saying is, it was stable at all. Yeah, I'm just no, saying, no. You know. Like, you know, I always tried to encourage them and get them to come to church and stuff with me. But uh, most of the time, and, you know, not downplaying the way I was living, but they were yeah. living much worse mm. and uh, in many avenues. It seems easier to justify yourself when you're hanging out with people that are worse than you. Yeah, you're, you're exactly like, right. Yeah. Yep. Well, at least I'm not this dude. Yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I may be doing this, but you're doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, right. and there was yep. a lot of that. And in the midst of this, you know, still, you know, I had gone through a church where I had put in a lot of work. You know, by this time, by 29:30, I had been in two different churches, and uh, you know, the first church that I was in, uh, it was just a mess. Um, a lot of evangelism uh, with the pastor there and uh, a lot of other stuff going on in that church. But the pastor there also um, was involved with a, a biblical seminary. And, uh, you know, I, I was with him constantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, every day. We were working together. I was working at the church doing stuff. Uh, he did a lot of side work stuff, and we were doing that. We were hunting together. We were spending a lot of time together. And so I'm like, you know, I, I started doing their youth, you know, in my early to mid-20s. I started kind of heading over the youth and and started getting into ministering, evangelism, you know, all of these things. And uh, this was my first real, I guess you could call it, like our church hurt discussion, you right. know, spiritual yeah. spiritual abuse. Yeah. Um, you know, this guy pretty much had me in his back pocket yeah. and had me deceived. Mm-hmm. And we were traveling a lot, doing a lot of a lot of work. And it's easier to justify people doing things that don't seem a hundred percent legit or right when you're with them all the time right it's easier to just you know explain away right uh disappointments well in a lot yeah you know like it it, well this just happens you get blinders on yeah you definitely do yeah anyway well because i mean and i looked up to this guy man incredibly intelligent man like i'm sure he didn't mean to do that well right right? and i don't think that was his intention I really don't. Um, you know, I, I want to think the best. I do. Um, but just really misleading. And I, I had put, you know, a few years of hard work into what was under, you know, uh, college work mm-hmm. from said seminary right. that, that he was with. And uh, 
we ultimately, after a few years of that, to the point of I should have been at graduation, mm. okay, from all the work I had submitted, all the things I had done, doing all the classes, was even doing the in-person classes, uh, really put the hard work into this. And, and Did you pay a lot of money for doing these things? Or no, was this no. Kind of I like was a... working off all of the school books and the school work and everything like that by the work that I did at the church. Okay. Um, and then, you know, the church had had a, uh, an unfortunate event happen where there was a lot of damage done to the church by mm-hmm. natural disaster, I guess we'll just call it. Um, right. You know, it wasn't vandalism or anything. It just something bad had happened, and the church needed to be remodeled, a whole big chunk of it. And I said, well, you know, I happen to have these skills. How about instead of paying $20,000 to have a company come in and do this, why don't you pay me to do it? You know, everything I can do without a permit or without, you know, like I couldn't do the electrical, couldn't do the plumbing. Because you have to follow code exactly because of insurance and everything but everything else you know the drywall the you know all type the framing the flooring all that ceilings drop ceilings all that all that i was able to do Mm. and put in a lot of hard work to get this place back up because it was there was a lot of damage done yeah and well was promised, you know, hey, Dave, you know, you're going to get paid for this. You're going to get paid for it. And I kept hearing that. You're going to get paid for this. And, you know, at this point, uh, I, I mean, I had three kids at this point, Yeah. you know, and bills are getting bigger. Yep. And mm-hmm. it's like, man, I, I, I either need to take the time I'm out here serving and get a part-time job mm-hmm. to cover what I didn't make with my full-time job instead of coming out here every day yeah and every weekend you right know? so this, so what i was going to ask is this is this is on top of doing carpentry work yes. full time right that's framing right. houses and whatnot and like, whatnot this is yeah. on t- so i go work all day i come out to the church and i work and i all night long oh yeah sometimes oh yeah to try and weekends. get some yeah weekends yep. all of that all yeah. of it man any free time i had that's where i was mm. and uh you know, so I'm like, well, it came to the par- point where construction was done. You know, I think there was just a little bit left to do, like some carpeting or some tile in one office. And uh, I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm in a financial bind and we need to have a conversation about this money you've been promising me for four months. Right. You know, yeah, like, man, I, I, I need this to happen. And it immediately turned into how I was manipulating him and how dare I ask for money from the church that's done so much for me. And uh, so we had quite the explosion. And since I was still a young man, it kind of turned into, look, you're either going to pay me or I'm going to introduce you to a side of me that is not going to be the good. biker side. Yeah, the the yeah. uh the, yeah, pretty much yeah. either use your hand to write me a check or I'm going to break both your hands is what came out of my mouth. Nice. Well, I mean, um, you know, let's I, I I you know, I you was so oh dude, I was so <laughs> and I was so mad. I'm yeah, like at this sure. point, dude, you're you're causing stress in my family. Yeah. Right. You're causing stress in my life. 
You promised me something right, that like you're I, not fulfilling. Right, and in the work that I did, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I literally did everything for this guy. Yeah. I mean, everything. I, I, There were nights I stayed out there all night long because security wasn't working or there was a door broken or something, and, you know, during construction, we'd had someone come in, yeah. break in and take some stuff, and a couple guitars, yep. and... So I started staying there, you know, yeah. and I started like I'm damaging my family life right. because I'm at home like eight hours a week. Yeah. Max. Right. And I, I thought I was doing the right thing. I'm like, right. man, I'm serving God with everything I got. Yeah. You know? And so anyway, that ended very badly. And ultimately, because of his position with the seminary that he was over yeah he's um, running this yeah he running it right. and uh all of a sudden i never did any work <laughs> all of a sudden I, I get the check written to me which i'm surprised cleared yeah um and confronted him about some things that i had found i found out and it was a, on a personal confrontate you know right. i i was trying to be biblical went to him personally i'm like i'm not going to say anything about this this is between me and you as long as you repent this is what the word tells me yeah right matthew and 18 matthew 18 man yeah. and 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 completely again manipulated everything i said mm-hmm. and made it all about me i was too young and stupid to know what i was saying how dare i go up against spiritual authority and everything else all along you know after years of noticing and now looking back at his twisted theology of what he was preaching and teaching was right. prosperity gospel. Yeah. And, uh, so it's like, I, I got, I got it, man. He, he, he got me hook, line and sinker, wrap me up. You know, I was one of them guys, dude. I, I, I went after, I, I, I bit the hook and man, he caught the snag and took me for a ringer. And, you know, it just came to the point I'm done, you know? And like I said, and I left, and my family left and all along you know big red flag about 10 other families mm-hmm. left mm-hmm. over financial things surprise mm-hmm. surprise right and anyway so that part of my life was over i was like mm-hmm. you know what i'm done I, I i was like i'm getting into motorcycle ministry i can do ministry without somebody hovering over me and manipulating me Mm-hmm. You know, me being saved and being a child of God gives me the spiritual authority to minister. And I didn't need anyone's approval. And So we're getting into motorcycle ministry here, and I know that there's a lot you can't talk about. Right, right. right. Because of the position that you were in, yes. and there's a lot that happened that you can't talk about. Yes, Which yes. is okay. Right. But... When you're going into motorcycle ministry, you can talk about maybe places that you've seen, uh, not specific. Right, right. But just like, you know, I traveled a lot of traveling. A lot of traveling, man, all through the Midwest. uh, Different, you know, areas. uh, I would say pretty much the entire Midwest, um, in and out of there, you know, uh, did a lot at Sturgis. Okay. Uh, of course, that's a high point for motorcycle right. ministry. I yep, mean, what right. an opportunity. You know, we mm-hmm. all know what... There's a lot going on there's there. There's a lot going on yeah. there that needs God. And, yeah. and you know, just uh, what pretty much what I did without getting too deep into it before I founded uh, Serenity Motorcycle Ministry. Um, 
before I was doing, before I did that, I was kind of going around and trying to pave way for a lot of these Christian bikers mm-hmm. who wanted to be able to wear, you know, wear attire and, and form as a, is a group, you know, uh, as a, a ministry, a motorcycle, mm-hmm. uh, motorcycle ministry, M- an MM, MM, MM. Yeah. See, okay. cause MC is the outlaw world. Okay, that's a motorcycle yeah, club. That's and yeah. Right, and gotcha. we were MMs and you know, not one percenters, none of that. We were just MMs. And, but there's a lot of communication that has to go on in those things. Right. Okay. Because you can't just all of a sudden start wearing stuff and step into People, their world. I, I know that. So, uh, you know, you, you've heard a little bit about my story of, you know, like Ray and I started or were in a minute or in a group called uh, Two Flag Armada. Yeah. And like they decided that they wanted to go motorcycle, you know, world and <clears throat> they were trying to wear patches. We lived in Japan. Uh huh. You, you're <laughs> not going to get hemmed up by a Japanese dude right. for wearing a patch. Right. But you come back here and people question that. That's right. Like, who gave you the authority that's, to do this? That's thing? right. Who gave you permission you know? to do this? And so, like, I, I I know that this can get super heated Absolutely. Absolutely. And so what my job was was to build those relationships. To, to be kind of the middle guy. To say, hey, man, these guys are doing a good thing. All right, or at least and trying, to, and they're yeah. not here to step on your toes and invade your world. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. because that's the whole thing is having respect for their lifestyle. Yeah. Right, and, you know that's they take it very seriously, right. and and you know that's just something you don't just step on and think you're going to all of a sudden come in and jump into. Right, and so that was what I did. I helped build a lot of those relationships uh, across a few different states, and you know just kind of. It was real big on the emphasis of, you know, we're not here to step on your world. That's not what we're doing, you know. But and we want to be here to help you and that's pray right. with you that's and, right. and, you know, be, be and that's, kind of the... And that's how a lot of those relationships were built. Right. Was, you know, hey, man, you know, if you ever, you know, in the unfortunate, it happens, you know, if you lose a, if you lose a rider, if you lose a biker in an accident, you know, uh, I would do the funerals for them. Um, if if they ask me to, you know, uh, pray for them, you know, yep. And because there's still a lot of believers in that world, you know, that can Uh, be kind of dangerous, very dangerous. (laughs) And, and there was many, many scenarios that were uncomfortable, were very uncomfortable and not, not good. Right. And so anyway, so as I kind of slowed down on traveling this all and that all took a major toll on my marriage. I was never home. Um, you know, I was putting, you went from one extreme to, to the, the other, other extreme. That's yeah. right. That's right. And it really was, you know, and, and yes, I've been divorced and, you know, people, oh, 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 well, and that's something I take full accountability for, um, right. you know, of course, and she'll say there's things she could have done better too, mm-hmm. but a big massive amount of it was, was I was not there. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't the husband I should have been. You know, I was more worried about out doing ministry than I was doing what should have been my first ministry right. in my home. We've had that conversation. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, unfortunately, men, if you're listening, um, that's where it usually gets lost. It and it is, can be for good reasons. It, it right. Good intentions. Good. Yeah. Man. Right. But, you know, what do they say? The road to hell is paved with good intentions. It's true. And, <laughs> it is. Too. And I mean, that's, 
And that's what it was. And we just we we just got to the point where we were so far apart, you know. Um, there's there's no animosity there between us. We have a great relationship. We can co-parent together. Um, we both have the same love and hope for our children, mm-hmm. and we just left it at that. And we're still great friends, you know. We we can work together and support each other and support our children. So. You know, some good came out of that. Sure. And, but, you know, it, it, the whole church scene and all that was never really her thing anyway. Um, you know, she's she's got different views than I do, and, and that's okay. Um, but it just, there wasn't a lot of God in our relationship. And so, you know, and we made efforts. But moving into, you know, I helped establish a ministry, uh, Serenity Motorcycle Ministry. We did a lot of great things. Uh, we did some, our main focus was local. Um, our thing was doing like uh, benefits for kids with cancer. Okay. Um, helping, like benefit rides and yes, stuff like benefit that. Yes, benefit rides, helping raise money for them. You know, the coolest one we got to do was there's this young lady named Bria, and uh, she was only, oh man. I think she was like eight or nine years old, had a horrible, I I believe she had a type of bone cancer, but don't quote me on that. I can't remember. Uh, I was never real interested in the name of what they were battling Mm -hmm. because that's not what I was there to talk to them about. Um, You know, just encourage them. And we got to do, man, I mean, they told her she wasn't going to see her next birthday. So we put together all our resources. We probably had, I don't know, a couple hundred bikers show up, man, and we threw on this birthday party for her and had a carousel, and we had uh, the Shriners came. That was cool. They came and donated their time and did the circus stuff and their little cars, and, you know, we had Elsa. We had some uh, girls come dressed as Elsa and Anna and sang to her. Uh, We did a raffle. We raised a lot of money for the family. It, It was just... That was where our heart was. Right. You know, we just wanted to build people up. And that was the whole purpose of it. And, you know, it, it was a great thing. Uh, we even did a blessing of the bikes at uh, First Church of the Open Bible. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I mean, we had a lot of fun doing that. Um, and then it was like, okay, well, I did this. This, is, this was successful. Now I need to move forward. Mm-hmm. And gave church a try again i was like all right man so you you kind of burn you got kind of burn on the church scene for a little bit there and i know you t- you kind of jumped a few churches yes. uh, in the process yes there's a few th- things that you had that was pretty rough maybe right. maybe borderline spiritual abuse to a certain extent yes some yes. of it was you some of it was yep other people that's right but anyway so like you kind of got through that so then now you're kind of like okay now we need to kind of give church a try so what 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 brought that back up again like was there anything that kind of what it was was i had gotten the divorce you know and and when that's anybody's rock bottom that's yeah it was things weren't great um but it wasn't like an explosion type deal Right. We just literally sat down one day and we're like, you know what? This is not working anymore. Like, neither one of us are happy. Neither one of us. It, it, it's just, we're, it's worse on the kids than anything. 
Right. You know, and so it was literally a respectful conversation and we made that decision. And you know, it, it just there was no way she was going to get involved in the life of ministry that I was going for. And she made that clear and I had to respect that. You know, right. you know most of that probably was my fault, you know. Uh, she probably had some very frustrating feelings towards the church that pulled me away from my family. Right. You know, and no, that's not how we blame things, but I understand. Right. You know what I mean? I can see from her viewpoint yes. how she would have yes. this opinion. Yeah, right. And yeah. and so I divorced and moved out, got an apartment, um, went through some really rough times, uh, the good part was, was at this point, I had finally said I had enough with alcohol. Um, was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, it just, and all that came down to, I don't even remember there being like, a, you know, people are always like, man, I had this one moment, you know, and I was just sitting there and God talked to me and, and no, I, I, I don't remember that. Yeah, you mine was I mean? pretty progressive yeah, as well. Right. You know? Mine was just, I think it was just, man, one day, and this was actually, I think it was like 2018, and 2019 maybe, the beginning of 2019, because I think that that New Year's of 2018 was kind of the last big party, you know, that I had really gone out and done. And I remember... I think one thing that really influenced that, I remember sitting around and looking at the people I was around, you know, and was already feeling like, you know, boo-hoo anyway, because I'm, I'm divorced, you know, I'm, I felt alone, I felt, you know, I wasn't getting to see my kids much. Really um, isolated. You yeah, really, really isolated. isolated and was just, you know, I just remember being like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. Right. Like, I don't. You know, I started looking at people older than me who were living in that life, and I'm like, dude, I don't want to be like you. Like, just flat out. Like, if that's what this does, I don't right. want it. Yeah. I don't want that. Like, you're 55. You, you, The world has beaten you up so bad, you look 75. Right. And it, you know what I mean? And, and not trying to be mean, but I'm trying to be real. Right. Like, dude, I don't want my kids to look at me it when I'm It takes a toll 50. on you, It man. does, man. It I'm changes like, you chemically. Right. You know. It really does. And so it was just like, all right, things need to change. This is, this is where it needs to change. And, you know, started dating and, and, and trying to get back into just being a person. Right. You know? Kind of feel normal. I right. Mean, I've been married quote unquote even though i'm not around 14 years yeah. you know 14 15 years and and that was all i knew and so you know it just this was th this was kind of my all right i know this is going to be a big process and i want to start it now you know and i didn't officially like fully stop drinking mm -hmm. i but i did get a uh, you know not I hate sounding like making excuses or trying to justify. That's not right. what I'm doing. But yeah. I, I went from drinking every single day to drinking maybe once every few months. Right. You know, and it wasn't severe either. It so was, you're saying you didn't quit cold turkey? No, per no. Se. It, 
yes and no. Kind of. You know, I think when I finally, like, stopped, stopped, I think I went, like, a couple months and then, you know, sat down and had a couple drinks and then, you know, but never got to the point where I was what I used to be. Right. You know? And you could have one or two and be all right. Right. To say, nah, I'm good. I don't know. That's right. That's right. Well, that's a hurdle in itself. That is. That is a hurdle in itself, man. And it really took place when I fully, fully stopped. Was this was, uh, I don't know, I'd like to say about four years ago. And I had drank and then just. I, I remember the next day, of course, feeling like garbage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you've ever been hungover, then you know how it feels. Yes. Uh, it, it's not a great feeling. Been there once or twice. And, man, I remember I was just talking to God. I was just like, you know, I have all this experience. Because, I mean, I've I've really skipped over a lot. But, there's right, a, like yeah. we said, there's a lot I can't really talk about. Yeah. Uh, I could go on and on about experience you know, like what I've done, where I went. I mean, right. I traveled down through the Bible Belt doing tent meetings for did that for like a year. Um, just to give you an idea where, you know, um I was associate pastor of a church. Um right. and you before that was youth pastor and was involved in that for four to five years. Not to mention going around with different bands. I know you didn't talk about this, but oh, going yeah. around with bands and doing music with them and Yeah. Doing yeah. a lot of different ministry. That's right. Things that was actually even a behind fun the little scenes. chunk. Yeah, that was a fun little chunk that I kind of skipped over. But Clint was a musician in the first band that I got to spend some time with yeah. and go and set up their. You know, uh, I started learning how to play a little bit, and I I, I got to do their lighting and their sound yeah. and their go to the studio. And man, we had a good time. It was fun. That was a lot of fun, yes, man. And. We had a great time doing that, but, you know, so, and then it got, like I said, it progressively gone on from about the age of 34, well, I'm going to say 32, till I was about 36. Right. So you got a lot of ministry experience is what I'm trying to say. Yes, like it, yes. When I was, by uh, this time, yes. you kind of, When you I know. was a youth pastor and associate pastor, um, I got, in, in, in those things, you know, just being completely Done a trained. lot of school to the point where you almost had a bachelor's degree, pretty much, yes. in, in yes. theology. Yep. You know, yeah. Uh, Even though you didn't receive it. Right, you know? right. Yeah. Well, and then the church, you know, I got a lot of other, you know, that I kind of count as irrelevant. Right. A lot of people are like, it's not irrelevant. But to me, it kind of is. You know, when you're a part of a church, they have all these little certificate things yeah. that they do, you know, I think Cole, uh, I was going through it and it was funny, Caitlin was looking at them, I don't know, I have probably 300 without exaggerating Yeah, a lot. A 300 stinking certificates of, oh, this was 80 hours of training for this this mm-hmm. was 100 hours of that, I mean we sat down and started adding up the hours and it was ridiculous it, right. it was like 3600 hours of biblical training. Right. You know, and from multiple different, you know, some of them were just, I'm going to say it like it was, it was crap. You know, right. some of them were just garbage yeah. and some of them were not valid, but a lot of them were from accredited resources and, right. you know, so so the knowledge was there. All right. And, and uh, I still need lots of it. So, okay. So, you, so you, you kind of, <laughs> so you started, 
you know, now uh, you're going like, okay, I need to feel like I need to go back to church. Yes. And I, I'm like, you know, I, I had met trying this, to keep you on task. Yeah. Man, yeah. Trying to get me on task. We're going <laughs> to, we're uh, going to finish this tonight, man. Yes, I feel like, yes. Uh, well, I forgot one big main point was, uh, I met a young lady who, right. uh, I actually had, I, I knew her, didn't really know her, know her, but I knew her a few years back, uh, had attended our church a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, just never really ever talked to her, you know, just, Hey, right. I know who you are. That's about it. Um, we, our paths crossed again. Um, I was teaching in, uh, doing kind of a biker church type thing. And well, she showed up to it. And, uh, so we got to talking and, you know, uh, it, it just, things started moving forward, dude. And we started building a great relationship and we were both on the same page of if we're going to date, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this the right way. We're going to, and that's where the feeling of, I need to get back into church came in, you know? Um, yeah. God was just talking to me and he's like, Dave, it's time to take off the leathers. It's time to get There was a process to this. Yes. (laughs) And it was not a fun process because it just, I had so many experiences with, and I'm sorry, just awful people. Mm. And people that all I ever had was intention to help them grow. And, you know, people are all for that until you don't tell them what they want to hear. And I clearly, if you've ever got to hear me teach or talk Uh, about things. Or listen to the podcast. Or listen to the podcast. (laughs) I'm not real big on telling you what you want to hear. Right. Um, I'm very much in telling what God wants me to say. And that's abrasive. Mm -hmm. And it rubs evil the wrong way. And I kind of like it. And that's what I feel I'm called to do is to kind of be that whistleblower. In a yeah, sense. everybody's cool with the scripture that says iron sharpens iron until they're getting sharpened. Yeah, and they're like, yeah. man, this is horrible. That's yeah, right. you know, it's that's not right. supposed to be easy. Well, and and it, it just was tough, man. And, and and she had gone through when I met her. You know, she was in a very much abusive, had a horrible abusive past with men. Uh, didn't trust men in any way, shape, or form. Uh, you know, and so we started walking this path. And, you know, we, moving on, we, you know, through marriage and everything, we had decided that, you know, okay, well, it's time to get back into church. It's time to find one. And I was living in the proximity to one. So I just got on my phone and Googled it, you know, I Googled because I had grown up, you know, like I said, it was either the Roman or the Catholic side or Pentecostal side. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I got on and I Googled Pentecostal churches and very interesting list came up. Uh, (laughs) Fair enough. But there was one that I was led to call. Okay. And it just kept, man, it kept hitting me hard. And so I... I clicked on their website and it popped me to their Facebook. And so I sent them a Facebook message and I just said, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm new in this area. You know, I, I, God's 
God's leading me back to church, but I'm not just going to walk into any church and just start paying tithes and offerings and acting I like... I want to see what this is about. Right. I, I, take I my need time. to know who you are. Yeah. I want to know your mission. I want to know your theology. I mm-hmm. want to know you. Right. Because until I know you, I'm not coming. Right. And by my surprise, uh, the reply, I figured it'd be like a secretary, you know, or I get one of those, you know, oh, thank you. Give us your name and number and somebody will contact you shortly. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It it wasn't that. Um, It was actually the senior pastor Mm. who messaged me back. And he said, uh, he said, hey, man, you know, uh, uh, my name is Charles and and this is who I am. And uh, uh, how about this? Because I asked him about service time. And he said, why don't we do this? He said, uh, I respect your approach. He was like, I, I can respect that. He's like, you're not just going to fall in line. I said, nope, <laughs> nope. Let's make that clear, number one. Mm-hmm. That's not me. Um, and this is my background, and this is what I look like. <laughs> and this is right. what I, you know, I come in tattooed up and was still, you know, riding a motorcycle and looked a little roughneck. Not very many people welcome me with open arms. Um, and, uh, he said, why don't we go get coffee? And I said, all right. Are you sure you want to show up with me? <laughs> yeah. You sure you want to, you want to go to Starbucks? <laughs> I'm not a Starbucks looking guy. I'm more <laughs> right. of a, uh, do you want to meet at the truck stop? Right. Uh, exactly. Or, or, or Denny's and, <laughs> and we'll get a cup of coffee yeah. and you know, but no, he's like, you know, let's, why don't we meet for coffee? He said, and I'll be straight up with you man and i'll let you do the talking and i'm like all right cool let's do this so i meet him and you know i had immediate respect for the man because he came out and was a hundred and ten percent transparent with me you know didn't come in saying oh you know my church is gonna do this for you and if you come in and you start giving and you start serving god's gonna do all that's all i ever heard right. i for some reason was I, will, a I need something different that's right than that. I, I used to be like yeah. i don't know if i had a sign on my forehead that said hey all you prosperity fools just eat me up and get me <laughs> into your little snake fed ring right. um that's because that's what i always got met with mm. and you know this guy was just genuine Right. And, and and straight up, like, didn't start with that. Like, wanted to know about me. And so, told him about me. And, you know, I didn't pretty it up. You know, I met him. I got off my motorcycle and went and had coffee with this guy. And I'm sitting there in a leather vest. And I'm sure at some point he probably wasn't real comfortable. But he handled it well and was respectful. And, and you know, when I said, okay, so tell me about you. And tell me, you know, tell me about the church that you're pastor over and you know there was already a big link there because i had no idea that this church was an open bible church right no idea it and that's where that. your grandparents and were. that's i was raised yeah. in open bible right. you know first church the open bible man and i'm like oh well okay that's that's interesting you know i i never ever had a bad experience right with first church right. you know that so i'm like okay we're off to a good start. <laughs> right. And, but this one man, of the signs right, that this is kind right. of where I need to go. But this man didn't come and start feeding me full of crap. Right. Right. He came and he was like, you know what? I want to tell you about me. And was so transparent that it actually took me back a little. Mm. Like, I, I, I'm like, is this guy for real? 
Like he he started talking to me about his struggles. Right. He started talking to me about you know his family mm. and, and who he is as a man. Right. And I'm like, all right, dude. I'm like, uh, uh, I'll give it a try. I'll come in. And I initially was going to come on a Sunday and went on a Wednesday night. Mm. And so I walk into this place. And, of course, I get some some very, uh, okay, you know, the uh, security. We yeah. have, uh, <laughs> let's, let's watch this guy. And uh, that's when I met Dave Schneider here. Uh, Actually, I think I met you on a Sunday. but Are yeah. you sure? You yeah, were, I'm pretty sure. Cause the fir- or no, that's right. Because I think that first Wednesday night, the first person I had talked to was Josh and Ray. Right. And they came up and introduced themselves and, and you know, just acted completely normal with me. And mm-hmm. I went in, and I remember sitting down and, and listening to the teaching. And, of course, it was a smaller group being a Wednesday. We, right. All of us churches know how that goes. You know, everybody comes boring through the door on Sunday, but you almost got to, like, you know, hey, you got a surprise <laughs> for you if you come on Wednesday yeah, and right. actually get personally <laughs> fed. Um, so a smaller group, but it was nice, man. And I went in and started, you know, hearing the teaching and then went on Sunday and met Dave there. That's when I met you. Yep. It was that first Sunday. And I hadn't brought my family yet. I was like, nope. I was like, I'm going to figure this place out before mm-hmm. I bring my kids mm-hmm. and right. my wife. Yep. And, you know, that's not going to happen. Uh, so it just, it really all together became an experience of, okay, I found a place that's focused about helping me reconcile with the church. Right. Um, I was able to be very honest about what some pastors and some churches had manipulated me with. Right. Um, their inability to take accountability for their shortcomings, uh, trying to use their stature to make me feel like I was wrong. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of sense, I was wrong. I, I mean, I'm not saying I never didn't make any mistakes. Right. But I was always willing to take accountability. Mm-hmm. And these men and women weren't. Right. And now I felt like I was in a place where that could happen. And at least start the conversation. That's right. At least yeah. start the conversations. And and so, you know, it just in that over the last couple years, you know, I I I started getting to know Dave here and he brought up uh, you know, man, why don't you consider uh we have this uh Bible college that we do and immediately i'm like nope sorry don't think so buddy Uh, there was a lot of work (laughs) that went into this before he skipped a few things like he'd come to my house (laughs) and we'd talk about stuff you know and we did that a lot and you know we actually when dave was actually like trying to walk and be healthy a little bit way back in the the day like 400 years ago yeah yeah uh so anyways, like you you come over to my house and we'd talk about stuff and we'd, you know, figure some stuff out and we'd talk, you know, more in depth about, you know, like, you know, riding motorcycles, cool dude, but, you know, is that all that you're created to be? Right. Like, is this right. it? Is this it? Right. You know, is this what you're going to be forever or is this just kind of this 
I mean, it's cool to ride motorcycles, man. I, I support you. Go ride right. motorcycles, man. Right. I don't have anything wrong with that, <laughs> you know? Um, but we'd have a lot of those kind of conversations about, you know, what does this look like? And then, you know, I remember it was like Wednesday nights, uh, men's Wednesday nights. And I'm like, look, dude, just, you know, come in, you know, uh, men's ministry was big for me at that point. And, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, I'm doing this, we're doing this study on what it means to be a biblical man, you know, yeah. come check it out, you know? And then we had conversations about like doing a teaching with men's ministry on brotherhood right. and right. stuff that we're doing like now on the podcast Yeah, of, you know, like, what does brotherhood look like? What, right. what, you know, and so we started having those and then you started to join the men's ministry. Yep. Yeah. And life kind of changed for you then. You were kind of oh, yeah. like, you know, like I, I feel like God told me I need to hang up the leathers and, yep. you know, give this another shot. So now right. we're talking about, we had the conversation about instead. Yes. So go ahead. Yes. And that was, uh, that was an absolute no for me because I'm like, dude, let me tell you about my history with people saying hey take our bible course right um yeah i had been uh slapped hard with a whole big bag of crap mm -hmm. uh every time it came to that and uh you know was was always used and not utilized right um you know by all these churches you know the ones of my past and and it really took uh, a lot of talk and a lot of prayer I, to, uh, I yes because I felt like I'm like dude you know he had me check out a book he was like here or the four the four books for level one you know and he's like here man this is what the content is and I'm looking at it and I'm like with all due respect bro um, I'm in my senior college year and you're trying to send me back to kindergarten and yeah. I think that I was my that conversation. I it was, was kind of like, like that, yeah. I was like, you know, this is, I know this. Like, go ahead and ask me questions. Let's see where I'm at, you know. And it had nothing to do with the information. Yes. It was, you know, it was just give it a try, give it a try, give it a try. And I'm like, he's like, I'm telling you, it's all about process is when this horrible conversation <laughs> began. And, which it still hasn't ended. Ch changed uh, your life completely. <laughs> and, but it, it, it really did. I finally, I was like, you know what? All right. I think God's leading me to do this. And I'm going to give it a shot because I know I can master this content. You know, like this is going to be simple for me. And in a sense, it was. But what it did was I was able to learn things about the stuff I had already learned, but through the sense of application. Yes. And that made a world of difference. And not only that, I actually got the credit for the work I did. Makes a huge difference. Uh, yeah, makes yeah. a huge difference. And, you know, it, it, it really hasn't been, you know, part of it was in pursuit of, you know, some things that I think were a little more fleshy. Uh, but, it's really now turned into what Instay did for me and continues to do for me is because now you're a teacher of Instay too. Yes, I'm an instructor so, with like, Instay. Anyway, so right, go ahead. Right, right. Um, you know what it did was it taught me a lot of my own personal discipline, 
Right. Um, and you know, a lot of fruit uh, of the spirit that I hadn't bored before, you know, right. Things that I was starting to see self-control, um, you know, and, uh, true compassion for others, you know, and, and I know it's like, well, how did that book do that? How did these, these courses do that? It was the discipline of daily devotion. Yes. Um, the discipline of my personal study and then memorizing scripture. Yeah. And and how it is applied and how it exactly yes exactly and just the whole way that the 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 classes are set up and the way that the books are set up really is an individual path. Yes. It's you know it's it not is. a one shoe fits all. And I was blessed with an awesome instructor, dude. Yeah. Who who just like he he doesn't just yes you get the content, but this dude has got so much information. And like, yeah, he the he, books the books are set up kind of basic, right? But if you actually follow the books in their entirety, the amount of depth you can go oh, yeah. in these subjects is ridiculous. Oh, it is, man. You know, so you're five days a week that you're <laughs> studying. You're like, man, I haven't even got through day one I with know. the amount of stuff, right? That I can right. talk and think about. Yes. Yes. in this stuff and it's it's really an overview but how much you get out of it is how much you put into it that's right that's you know? right and i mean and, and not even just that's why state. i told you it seems basic but right. i'm telling you you're gonna get something from well, this exactly I and that's as if you listen to our process podcast that we yeah. just had i had to go that's where i'm talking about when i had to go back to the basics. right and and i literally did i had to bite the bullet and just get over my pride and say, you know what? Yeah, Dave, you've done all these years of schooling. You've done all these certifications. You've done all this work serving God, and you've done all this. But Don't now it's steps. time to let that go right? and start back over. Not because I didn't have the knowledge, but because there was a lot of in-between and missing. a lot of mentoring that I had missed yes. because I had been manipulated by men for so long. And then now it's like, Oh man, now I've got, you know, it wasn't just the class. It's, it's, you know, having that relationship, that mentor mentee relationship that we developed, right. that Dave and I developed. Um, you know, I have a couple, couple pastors in the church that are mentors to me that help. I mean, you know, they're right there through it all. And have helped guide me and lead me. And do I agree with everything they do? Absolutely not. But these right. are men that I can disagree with. And we respectfully. can come respectfully mm-hmm. or have different opinions of things, but still come to a biblical resolution. Right. And come to, you know, if it's something I need to take accountability for, I will. If it's something they need to take accountability for, they will. Right. And that's what true men of God are supposed to have relationships like. Right. And that's that's what has grown me more. And, and I'll tell you guys now, in the last two years, I have grown and learned more than I did in 17 years of ministry work. That's amazing. In two years. You could eliminate. I, I, I wouldn't wipe it all out because... You know, it's not one of those things where I need to forget all that because there was still good stuff in there. Mm-hmm. It was still ministry. There were still people giving their lives to Christ. I still to this day have people 
email me or I run into them and they're like, dude, back in 2009, man, I heard you preach this message. And you actually had an interesting conversation with one of a mutual friend that we have that was at the blessing of the bikes. And the message you were portraying saved his life. Yeah. And that's, I mean, and, and that's the fruit. That's right. the stuff that I never had any idea of. I mean, he's been trying to track me down, he said, for a couple years. Yeah, a while. For like two, three years to tell me this. Right. And, and ran into you, and you were talking to somebody about me. Yes. And he's like, oh, you know Dave Garza? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's kind of a crazy how small the world is when it's like, especially in the ministry world where it's just like, man, I didn't realize that you knew. Right these people you know but if i stayed in one place i wouldn't have those connections that's right that's right that's right that's why we can't just be confined to inside our church walls man mm -hmm. ministry is so much bigger than that and Mm -hmm. and look at the impact right you know because that was encouragement i really needed you know how great is it i can't tell you that's that excites me more than anything in this world dude is to have somebody come up and be like hey man you know like i said I, i i have guys who talk to me about stuff that happened 10 plus years ago so now, I don't even remember it. And right. they're like, dude, that made such an impact on my life. I've been following God ever since. I'm mm-hmm. like, wow. Dude, that wasn't me, number one. That was God mm-hmm. because I don't have the power. Dude, I can hardly make pizza rolls correctly, let alone help change your life. So You clearly, make a good pork butt, though. I can, hey, <laughs> we can make good pork butt. But, you know, you get what I'm saying, guys. It just, that's, to me, that's just the most amazing part is in those days when I look back and I'm like, man, I was still a drunk. I was, you know, I was a behind-the-scenes alcoholic. I was falling on my face left and right, making bad choices. God never gave up on you. That's right, dude. He was even using me in the midst of my ignorance. And in the midst of my rebellion, even when I didn't view it as rebellion. Like, oh, I go to church. I teach the word. I'm a good kid. No, stupid. You were doing all this stuff wrong. And that's why you got wrapped up with the other idiots that abused you spiritually. Right. Because you didn't have that protection because I wouldn't allow it. Right. You know, it's not that God wouldn't protect me. It's that I was just so ignorant. I thought I was protected because I was comfortable in my own sin. Right. And then when all that becomes revealed, that was able to bring me to where I am now. And no, I have not arrived anybody out there. I still really suck as a human being, but I I'm trying. Do, I, I, I am really trying. And, you know, now all of my focus is set completely different. I've got biblical men around me, at least as I feel, are biblical godly men who not only hold me to a higher standard, but expect me to do the same. Right, and I think we do that. See and, more, see more in you than maybe you see in you sometimes. Yeah, you that's know. well, that's fair. That's fair. I don't know. I'm nothing special, dude. I am no. Count me with the least of these because. So, but, so okay, so right now you're teaching in stay and getting ready to do a youth in stay class. Yes, yes. So that's exciting. Be praying on that, listeners, man. How cool is that? I've got a 13 year old a 15-year-old and a 14-year-old who are more interested in the midst of their studies who are committed to go after a certification in ministry 
that's going to take about 16 months, 14 to 16 wow. months of their lives and are committing to that. And that, again, that's not me. That is God working, God in them. working in them through man. you though, working through this process. So that's yeah. kind of cool. Oh yeah. And then you're directing men's ministry. Yes. Yes. That's the church that we go to yes. currently. Yep. So that's a big deal. That's a big one. Yep. And, and you're uh, doing Bethel mission. Yes. And you're uh, doing chapel. Out there. Yep. Doing chapel service there. Um, you know, and most importantly, above all of it, well, and then I mean also, you know, we've got God's calling us into future church plant. You know, we don't know what that looks like yet. Not a clue. Not a clue. It's just in conversation. So nobody nobody get your panties in a bunch <laughs> and all of a sudden think something's happening right now, man. This is just something that God is calling us to. In and we don't future. even know what this yeah, looks we like don't yet. Know what it looks like. We just know it's gonna happen. And so now we're trying to strategically work with God through us to make the right steps so that this is a God thing. We really want unity thing. in everything. Yes. You know? And that's yes. been our heart from the beginning is like, look, dude, we don't want to cause, you know, anyone to have hard feelings. We right. don't want any of that. But in order for us to continue growing, in order for us to do the things that God wants us to do, we're going to have to step out and do different things and go different places. That's right. You know, and that, in, in all reality, we just can't do that in the place that we're at now. Not that we're doing anything wrong or anybody's doing anything wrong, but if we want to grow, we need to move. Yes, and we absolutely. Have to, we have to continue that. So sometimes people moving can be looked at as a bad thing, but in all reality, it's like if I want to do what God's calling me to do, I can't just sit here and do the same thing. That's things. right. That's right. And, and, you know, just looking at it is, you know, and, and who knows what that looks like. Maybe that's in a year. Maybe that's in five years. Yeah, we, don't we don't know. know. We don't yeah. know. But the thing that we can appreciate is that where we are and and a lot of the people in our lives have have been and continue to be a great influence and a positive impact on what brought us to hear this calling from God. And, you know, I mean, that's that's the whole mission, man. Train people up and send them out. Right. That is that is the thing, man. So, so you know, if you are listening and you're you're a part of our current church family and everything, you know, we we do love and appreciate you, and and, and we want to do this with you. And, right. and, and but we don't want to take you from where you're at. That's right. That's you know, right. That, that that's not our heart in this at all no. either. Like we don't. No. We want you to stick with where you feel God is calling you, and it's been at the local body that you're at. That's now. right. That's right. You know, and so like, we're not going to tell you what to do, but that's our heart. Is like, look, man, we. It's not about bringing people from other places to other places. It's about finding no. new people. That's right. And and uh, healing. Some people that we know personally that have been hurt. Oh yeah, from the church that oh, you yeah. talk about, like with some of the motorcycle people oh, yeah. and stuff of that. Yeah, it's like to get those people to come back to God. That's right. To 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 find people that have been um, disenfranchised mm -hmm. by things that they've seen to kind of help them come back. That's to right. find new people that are uh, in the Bethel mission. Right. That you know we can reach out to teach them how to be like god that's right you know and, that's, and that, right. that's our heart in this man that's what we want to do that's we want right. to take these people 
it's not about reciprocating the same people over no. and over again. Sometimes no. the church does that, right? Like, right. I don't like this guy, so I'm going to go over here and do this. Right. You know, yeah, like we that have stuff, no interest in that. Like that stuff happens. Right. But we're not facilitating that. That's right. Like, That's if right. there's a problem, man, you got to take it to them in in order for that to happen. That's like, right. We're not going to take you because you're like, I'm going to call and ask. That, and exactly. we're going to have serious well, conversations. I want to know what happened here that makes you run from there and why you think you're going to get a different treatment here. Exactly. That's, like, we all need to be right. on the same page that's with this. Right. If there's healing that we're going to do, that's fine. But these people, you got to understand that these people are going to know that's right what's going on and we're they're going to help facilitate the healing and that's well. how that's how these things should happen man and and you know uh, our heart in it moving forward and where ministry is leading us you know it's just I, I i think it's just important that those that are in those positions with us now and those who are helping us grow know that we don't ever want that relationship no, to end. No, this is not something that this is not a rogue thing. This is a brother come alongside me, and we together can help build each other up right. and, and help these things happen because that is what we are called to do. We are not called to get comfortable and to 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 get our butts implanted into one position in a pew. That's not what we're called to do. We are called to go out to all ends of the earth and make disciples of all nations. And we do that by getting trained up by the godly people that are with us now who are going to be valuable pieces of the puzzle to this. And we are never going to be successful unless we can do it all in unity. And that's right. and, and that's and that's what we're looking at in the future, man. And and there's going to be many more testimony, you know, in 10 years, uh, we'll be able to sit yeah. down and do another testimony. Exactly. Yeah. We'll be having completely different conversations. Hopefully so. it's in a bigger studio. Yeah, exactly. We love Randy's studio. We love Randy. Maybe we can Maybe we can build Randy a new we're gonna studio. We're going to build Randy That's a what big we're one. Do. There you go. That's, yeah. A we're nice gonna one. We're going to do that one day. That's Expansion. right. Expansion. So, <laughs> you know, Dave, you said that your testimony was going to be a one, one-stop shop. It was going to be a one episode for maybe half an hour that's what yeah, you thought yeah man i'm telling you brother you did a good job of, ah. of talking through this and and i think that we pretty much beat the dead horse to death i think we did you know but it was good well i i mean i hope so and i hope somebody can get something out of it and if if anything that you heard tonight you know i hope it don't don't remember me man just remember what god did with me yeah and uh, what he can do. And, and and that's for all of us. Yeah, that's you know? for all of yeah. us, man. The, no glory about us. We are, we are wretched sinners. And this is just talking about how great God is, man. If he could do it for me, I'm telling you right now he can do it for you. All right, Clint, what do you think, man? Yeah, man, I think it was an excellent testimony. And uh, I think you're selling yourself a little short. Very short. So I don't know who's, whose testimony you know we're going to do next, but... Uh, I have an idea. Had to follow I have Schneider an and then follow Garza. I know. So who's Ooh. next? Who's I think next? it's going to be Clint. I don't know. It might be Clint. Clint Eastwood's coming I, to the I, studio? It, it, Maybe. It, it, wow. That's excellent. <laughs> I didn't know he was a believer. Is he a believer? He's we'll a, say it. All right. I don't know. Cool. He's a Republican do anyway, you feel I think. Sa- do do oh. you feel saved, punk? 
Yeah, right. Do you? Do you? <laughs> the only one that would be better would be Chuck Norris, I think. Oh, no. no one would be Chuck he Norris. He couldn't come in here because he'd walk in and just boom. Testimonies give all... their Chuck Norris's. That's, That's right. right. That's <laughs> good one. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Somebody got that one. Uh, it's because there's nothing negative for Chuck Norris to testify about. That's just, true too, dude. I mean he set standards. He did. He does not live by that. That's right. That's right. So anyway, all I'm right, pre- guys. I'm pretty well, sure I just said something pretty, pretty bad there. So yeah, it was probably blasphemy. I'm probably gonna have to ask for forgiveness. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. We were joking. It was a joke. A joke. But forgive us. Forgive yes. us. Yes. Grace. Forgive us. Ha ha. You have to. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So anyway, man, you don't get to pick your family, dude. You just have to live with them. I'll just be sweating in bed tonight. Uh huh. Like, what did I do? What did I do? All right, guys. So I think that was a good one, man. Yeah. I think yeah. uh, Clint is going to go ahead and uh, pray, pray us, us out. out, and we're yeah. done with the we're done with Dave Garza's testimony. Praise so God! Congratulations, Dave. You made it through. Thank you. Thank you. Right. No, thank you. Yeah. Oh. All right. Thanks for uh, speaking for an hour for what three nights, four nights. Four, well, good. I think four or five. I think it was forty-five minutes. Okay. Per for the first two. Yeah, this five. was the long one. This yeah. was the long one, yeah. but we got through it. Yes. So yeah. that's good. We're it's done. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So celebrate, folks. All right, Dave. Uh-huh. Or all right, not Dave. All right, Clint. You're <laughs> praying right. us out. This Pray time. us out, brother. Sounds good. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity we had today and tonight to come together and have a discussion and listen to Garza's testimony. We just thank you for your faithfulness in Garza's life and and leading him and and guiding him to where he's at now. And Even though he went through some hard times, he went through some bad times, he was hurt, he went through a lot of of rough situations, but Lord, you were faithful in them and look at where he's at today, Lord. We know that even when we go through rough patches or, or rough situations, if we're faithful to you, Lord, you're faithful to us. Yeah. You can turn those yeah. into blessings and and uh, and for your glory, Lord. And we we know that the the situation where he's at now and, and the blessing that he's in now and, and the will of of you, Lord, that he's in now is all the glory goes to you. Yeah, and uh, Lord, we just ask that uh, you continue to help us. And Holy Spirit, help us to walk in obedience to the faith as we continue to get this podcast out. And I just pray that this podcast reaches and helps those who need it and blesses those who need it, Lord. And I just ask that you continue to use us in, in any way you see fit. And uh, we thank you, Lord, for tonight and ask that you continue to bless us and bless those who are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen and amen. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. I hope I didn't put you to sleep, but uh, join us. Join us next week. And we'll have a couple more episodes coming out. Thank you for joining us. We love you. We appreciate you. Again, I'm Dave Garza. I'm Dave Schneider. And I'm Clint Marker. And we're hoping you have a blessed week. Thanks, everybody.